0: Brewed in the Northwest, guaranteed fresh. It's the Morning Blend, on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. monterey Radio.
1: And a very good Friday morning to you. November 3rd, 7 a.m. Brenda and Patrick with you on this Morning Blend. Thank you so much for tuning in on this first Friday of November. First Go-
2: Friday.
1: Hey, how about that? So, I've got some information here. Have you ever practiced the First Friday devotions?
2: You know, I, I try to. I try to do First Friday and First Saturday, and uh, it always seems to be kind of, there's. I, I'll get like three or four, and...
1: And then you miss. Right.
2: Yeah. So... Um, I don't know if I've ever successfully like completed it, but I do. Tr- I do try to observe it, and I would say if you, if I'm looking at the course of the year, uh, I, get, I get to over half. Okay, um, but uh, I, I I need to get to all of them right today. Nine today in, especially,
1: nine in a row is what the rule states. Nine, uh-huh. like a novena, but it's a monthly one. So you go to the first Friday for nine consecutive months, and then there are some promises and blessings bestowed upon a faithful person who does that. And I'll talk a little bit about those today in the show in case you're thinking, huh, this might be something I really need to devote myself to.
2: Wonderful. I I love that because it's an incredible devotion as as are the first Saturday devotion as well. So, you know, the most sacred heart of Jesus, um, it really (laughs) <laughs> how do you top that <laughs> exactly now
1: there was probably a time patrick that i did this pretty regularly year after year attended first friday masses and that was because when i went to saint Mary's school in escondido the way that our family's uh, schedule worked out my dad would drive us to school and we'd always be there for the morning mass and so we'd walk in and we'd go to mass and then go to school right afterwards and so i'm pretty sure that over the course of some of these years, second, third, fourth, fifth grade, I probably went to quite a few First well, Friday Masses. that explains all the grace. That's it. <laughs> well, and, you know, there does also come uh, an awareness. Back then, I guarantee you, I couldn't even tell you what a First Friday devotion was. So well. I'm probably lacking in that way.
2: But you've been thoroughly catatized since then.
1: (laughs) I do my (laughs) best. I do my (laughs) best. You know, there's a coming up. There's a RC challenge at Holy Rosary Church, and uh, I have a great interview coming up at seven forty. She gives me a couple of the questions. Let me just say, I would do much better in the fourth, fifth grade level than I would in the (laughs) eleventh, twelfth grade level.
2: (laughs) You know what I'm excited about this weekend? What is that? You know what I'm excited about this weekend? Happens two AM Sunday morning. Oh,
1: we are <laughs> going to fall back. Yes, God we are. bless us all. <laughs> I am looking forward to that.
2: So I you know, I'm not used to getting up at four at thirty every single morning. I it's weird because I get up at five. But that half hour this week. Makes is the difference. Too. So I'm really looking forward to getting that extra hour. And uh, David came by yesterday. We were blessed to see him. He, he forgot to you know, drop off his key. So he brought his key back yesterday because he was in the neighborhood. But I asked him about that. I was like, you know, and he said he's he's still, he's still up waking early. up at
1: five in the morning. <laughs> yeah. I told him I said David you have to force yourself to stay up later at night he goes that's the problem he cannot he said he's in that routine about eight o'clock he just (laughs) starts getting tired so I said well you're gonna have to work on that one Uh, I today had my guardian angel wake me up today oh I forgot to set my alarm oh and I was awake, just you know how you start to wake Brady, up,
2: you, you are the alarm for many people, I, so oh, if
1: you don't you <laughs> if are I'm up. not here on time, yeah, many people might be late to work, and I just you know was kind of waking up, and I thought, I must have a few more minutes because the alarm hasn't gone gone off yet, ah. and I rolled over and I looked at the clock, it said four forty seven <laughs> and I went, oh my goodness, I did not set my alarm and but my guardian angel, I think, yeah, gave me that little... Is uh,
2: that a shot of adrenaline or what? It you, is. When you realize that and, and you're half asleep and it's like, whoa, wait a minute, that's not that's not the time I was expecting. Yeah, and it just jolts the system, yeah. right? So,
1: But anyways, I was up and going and ready to take on the day. I have a prayer today that the rain holds off a little bit. It's a big day in the Aiken household. Uh, our son, our youngest, our senior in high school getting the senior pictures taken today. That's a big day. It's a big day. He's very reluctant to do it. And I I reminded him, I said, I know that you don't like doing this. This is a lot of attention on you. You have to put on these clothes that I picked out. But I said, they're really important to me. And someday you'll look back at these pictures and look at yourself and go, wow, I was really young. So I feel like as a mom, I did a good job, though. I did a good mix of casual clothes, one nice sweater, some hoodies cuz he he loves to be comfortable in his hoodies. I picked a couple nice ones out. I think that he's uh, appreciative, but we made him try on all these different outfits last night and he wasn't having it.
2: No, sing your pictures though. That, you know, that's 30, 40 years of embarrassment there. So, you know, you <laughs> right. got you got to get them just right because they will. you know, that's that's family reunion jokes. It's like, you know, right. it, yeah, though. And I know I'm going home to Texas later this month Is and, your and picture
1: on the wall still at home?
2: Well, there's a. It's actually on a shelf. It's this, <laughs> and, and my sister as well. And I just look at those and say, "Boy, the '80s were a whole different time, weren't they?" Oh gosh. Well,
1: you know, uh, Patrick's mom, uh, if you are listening today, please send me a copy of one of those. <laughs> no, I would no. love to see Patrick's Senior picture back in the day. Though we had studio pictures. Now they go out and the, you know, have these beautiful backdrops. Right. We're we did gonna the old be cap and up, gown, and yeah, right, all we're that. going yeah. up to the wildlife. Right Refuge. So oh, that should be kind of nice there. So That'll be really cool. Oh, so. Man, it's a big Friday and a big weekend. All right. Well, and we got a big show for you this morning. Patrick, what do you have coming up?
2: Well, believe it or not, Brenda, the game between the Ducks and the beeves, you know, the, the used to be called the Civil War, sure. may be coming to an end. What? Yeah. I got details on that just ahead. We sad, cannot sad. allow that to I know happen. It, I know it. But uh, it looks like next year that it, after, after this year's game, it's going to be it.
1: Okay, and convents and monasteries in Rome, Patrick, may be forced to jack up their prices or close altogether as Rome's government is seeking billions of back taxes. You know, many of them open as B&Bs, bed and breakfasts or or lodging, so that way they can still maintain, but that might be coming to an end. Hmm. So we got a great show ahead for you on this Friday morning. We're going to kick things off with Chris Bray, beloved child of God. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
3: You have been running till now. Will you surrender? I'm calling you by my love. Will you answer? There's nothing that you can do that severs my love from you. So won't you come near to me just when you... Forgiveness I paid the price by my life Just believe it No matter what you've done And my strength you can't overcome So won't you confide
2: in everyday life. Matre Day Radio, that's how you get a First Friday going. That's Chris Spray, Pat Ryan, and Brenda here with you. It's 710 on this First Friday, celebrating the most sacred heart of Jesus today and the feast day of St. Martin de Porres.
1: Love it. Yeah. Oh, I love that.
2: Yeah, quite a saint there. We'll tell you a little bit more about him. And we'll find out all about the Regina Chaley Academy. And the rain is back. Yeah, all weekend long.
4: The weather forecast for you is next. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our leadership circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665.
5: Monterey Radio's Leadership Circle connects through all-source communications. Is a technology upgrade in your company's future? All Source Communications is an independent local telecom brokerage specializing in internet and phone systems. Connect today at AllSourceCommunications.com. That's AllSourceCommunications.com or call 503 967 4887 for All Source Communications, connecting Monterey Radio's Leadership Circle. Matrade Radio is in prayerful
2: pursuit of a Catholic media all-star. Are you passionate about engaging others into a joyful encounter with Jesus Christ? You could be our next show host and media producer. This full-time position leads the planning, promotion, and execution of outstanding dynamic Catholic programming across multiple platforms, including the Hail Mary Media app. Matrade Radio offers you competitive pay, medical, dental, and vision insurance a retirement account with a company match, and unique chances for spiritual growth and development. Could a spot on our evangelization team be the right place for you? Don't wait. Get all the details on this exciting opportunity now and find out how to apply at matradayradio.com. That's matradayradio.com to learn more. You could be our next show host and media producer, helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary at Matraday Radio. 7.13 7.13 at Monterey Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life, and we're expecting the rain back this afternoon, uh, mainly after 4 o'clock tonight. It should see a high of 61 and maybe some sunshine before then, but that chance of rain, 60 percent, and then 100 percent for tomorrow. 100 percent. 100 percent. Sure thing, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's, you're not going to avoid it tomorrow, So, <laughs> and uh, maybe the same again on Sunday. Winds are going to be gusting up into the 30s, so yeah, going to be a blustery weekend. Right now, we've got fog around, so be careful if you're on the road uh, in in certain low-lying areas certainly where that fog is present.
1: Well, currently it is 48 degrees at St. Joseph's Catholic Church in Vancouver.
2: And 47 under the Fremont Bridge here in Portland at St. Patrick Catholic Church.
1: They are based on a classical Catholic education foundation. Regina Chaley is a perfect fit for a family interested in homeschooling and strong Catholic curriculum. There's a benefit dinner coming up, but more importantly, joining us today to share why he chose Regina Chaley Academy for his family. It is Jeff Lindberg. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us today.
6: Well, thank you, Brenda. I'm glad to be here.
1: This is a really great model, uh, I think, for homeschooling families that also want to have the support of in-class support and interaction. Tell our listeners about how a hybrid education like Regina Chaley works for a family.
6: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So just um, a little background on Regina Chaley. They advertise themselves as a classical homeschool hybrid academy. So classical meaning, of course, you know, grounded in the Western canon, the Western intellectual tradition. Homeschool um, indicates uh, that Regina Chaley takes seriously the Catholic Church's teaching that parents are the primary educators of their kids. Um, and hybrid means you're in school two days a week and you're your home three days a week. Um, and so that's that's the system that they've developed, um, and um, that um, gives the it gives families the opportunity. Um not not necessarily to turn over the education of their kids uh, to someone else, but really to be accompanied um, by an organization um, that puts uh, you know the Lord, his mother, and uh, the Catholic Church at the center.
1: Jeff, as is the case with so many of our Catholic schools, Regina Chaley, again a foundation and strong Catholic curriculum. Our Catholic faith, though, through the hybrid homeschool model, it is not relegated to just religion class, but our Catholic faith kind of interwoven throughout through the English programs, through philosophy programs, kind of let our listeners how our Christian life is lived out through the curriculum of Regina Chaley.
6: Yeah, and that's just one of the the, the great beauties of the, the curriculum um, that we use at Regina Chaley, the story of salvation is woven through every single discipline. And I mean, I can just give an example. Uh, My wife taught high school biology at Regina Chaley a few years back, and it was just a delight to be able to examine the glory of God's creation um, in the discipline of biology, the hard science of biology, but do it um, through the lens of our catholic faith and it was like you say it's 100% it's interwoven it's in every discipline and um and it does, you you learn more than just the nuts and bolts of of you know whether it's english literature or medieval history or you know the sciences um you learn how all of that Um, sort of where that all springs from, where it comes from, and where it's directing us to. So yes, the, the Catholic faith is front and center and everywhere in between.
1: If you are just tuning in, I'm talking today with Jeff Lindbergh. He is a parent uh, with children at Regina Chaley Academy. It's based in Clark County, but open to a wide range of families that have the ability to to just who want to have that classical Catholic education for their children. Jeff, the classes are elementary, middle school, all the way through high school. Now, as a parent myself, who I have a, a senior in high school, I have seen some of the curriculum that he's been working on when it comes to science programs, when it comes to Algebra too. I don't feel qualified. In fact, I really don't know how to teach that. Does Regina Chaley kind of account for families like that who need to have somebody teach the classes for them?
6: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I just read this morning uh, that homeschooling is the fastest growing segment in education across the country. And there are estimates that the number of, of young people being homeschooled now, as opposed to in 2019 is up anywhere from 25 to 80%. So huge growth. But the question that parents always have when they're looking at the, the the possibility of of home-based education is what you just said. Can I do it? Can I do this? I don't, I'm not strong in math or I don't know history or any, any of that. And um, I think the answer that Regina Chaley Academy uh, gives to somebody asking that question is, yes, you can, and we will help you get there. And, you know, it makes me think of, you know, St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, you know, there are many gifts, and they're just distributed throughout the body of Christ. And, you know, we know that the Lord did that, so we would depend on each other, and we would come together, and one person's got one set of gifts, another person has another set. Um, I have seen... Um, the um, just amazing efforts of, of the the parents who act as tutors at the centers two days a week, um, you know, teaching my daughter medieval history or biology or something like that, and um, bringing their own talents and gifts and really just laying it down for these other families who are coming together there. So, so yeah, if you're looking at this as a parent and saying, hey, I don't have what it takes, um, the answer that Regina Chaley gives is, You don't need to have it all because together we can have it all and we can do it for each other.
1: Oh. I think this is just such a perfect example of an entire Catholic community coming together to just raise up all of these wonderful children in the faith. It's a great option for people. And then some might think, well, I I like the idea of homeschool, but I want to have those extracurricular sports activities that the public school or CYO offers. Just because they're going to a homeschool hybrid like Regina Chaley, they still have options to have uh, after school sporting or extracurricular activities for their children through the regular system.
6: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If, if you wanted to pursue athletics at the local high school, you're, you're certainly um, welcome to do that. And that's, um, you know, you, you've got the ability to just go to your local school and sign up. We've got some students that run track at the local high school and play soccer and that kind of thing. And so you, you most certainly can do that.
1: And then lastly, just before we go, parents often think about, you know, okay, from high school, especially starting that, you know, sophomore, junior year, they're starting to look towards colleges. How are transcripts kept so that way when a student uh, fills out their applications to, to further their education, are they able to do that through Regina Chaley in the normal sense?
7: Yeah,
6: absolutely. Um, and it, it, Regina Chaley is fully credited. Um, yeah, I think it, it's worth like th- This organization has been around for 20 years now. They're celebrating wow. 20 years this year. Um, started at, with one center, uh, I believe, outside of Atlanta and Georgia. Now there's, I think, 20 centers in 15 states. There's six more kind of in the works, working with local communities to set those up. Um, and so this is a, a seasoned and mature organization. They have people in, in leadership at the national level that are, are addressing and thinking through the very things that, that you just, you know, the kind of nuts and bolts of, okay, how do I take this? And, um, you know, uh, the practical steps of getting from graduating high school, Regina Chaley, and moving on to the next opportunity. So, yeah, the, the transcript is available. They facilitate um, some of the testing um, that one would want uh, to move on to the next level, whether it's college or, you know, another another area. Um, but, yeah, they they have, a, a, again, a very strong leadership, very seasoned um, and focused leadership at the national level that's addressing all of these things. So it really makes it in a way very easy for a family to just come plug in and take advantage of, of the really solid structure that's already there. Mm.
1: Absolutely. Perfect. I think for a family who might be interested hearing our interview today, wants to find out more information, where can they go to find out more about the Clark County campus?
6: Yeah. So the best way to do that is just go to the website and it's rcahybrid.org backslash Portland hyphen Oregon. And the that website you can explore the, the the larger website for the national organization learn about the different centers and the history and so forth the curriculum but you can also follow a link to the to what they call the portland center which like you say is, is um, situated in clark county and um, learn more about that specifically get in contact with local leadership set up a time to come um, and just visit and uh, see what it's like um, on any given day at the center um, and, and and just If if you're listening and you're thinking about it, and gosh, is homeschooling something I can do? Is there an option for me? By all means, um, come visit the center and Mm -hmm. learn more about Regina Chailey.
1: Oh, fantastic. Well, Jeff, what a great homeschool hybrid program you have there for Regina Chailey Academy. And uh, good luck on your upcoming fundraising event. And thank you for your time today.
6: Thank you, Brenda.
1: And again, that is Jeff Lindbergh, parent with... Regina Chaley Academy. If you want to find out more information, I will be sure to include the link that Jeff was just talking about, get you right to their webpage. You can find out more information for yourself. You're going to find that link on the podcast of this interview, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app.
2: 724 at Matra Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life, celebrating this First Friday and the most sacred heart of Jesus. And you know, if you are not familiar with the First Friday devotion... The best place to find out about it, the Hail Mary Media app. We've got all the First Friday prayers right there for you, along with all the great Catholic events happening this weekend on an interactive community calendar, plugs right into your MAPS program. It'll get you there. And if you're headed to the Verbort Sausage Festival, <laughs> it'll take you right to the front Where of Where exactly
1: is Verbort? It's just headed out Highway 26 here. Oh, yeah. well, perfect.
2: Yeah. Oh, you got to go. This weekend's going to be big out there tomorrow. You better believe it. So if you want to find out more about sausage or <laughs> First Friday, you can check it out on the Hail Mary Media
4: app. And all the details are at MontredayRadio.com. Support for Matraday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist.
8: Holy Family Catholic Clinic is a proud member of Mater Day Radio's Leadership Circle. Located at 21810 Willamette Drive in West Lynn, Holy Family Catholic Clinic is Christ-centered and provides superior, compassionate, life-affirming health care to patients of all ages. Holy Family Catholic Clinic offers medical services that are in adherence to Catholic moral teaching and bioethics, honoring the sanctity of life from conception to natural death. Learn more at holyfamilyclinic.com. That's holyfamilyclinic.com. This is Dina
1: Marie, host of The Voice of the Shepherd, inviting you to join me on my weekly podcast,
9: Faith Moments with Dina Marie, where I proclaim and ponder the Sunday Mass readings, a perfect way
1: to enhance your study of sacred scripture. My Faith Moments podcast is found on your favorite podcast platform or on the Hail Mary Media app. It's easy to download and absolutely free. Check it out today: the Faith Moments with Dina Marie podcast, made available thanks to Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It's good
0: to the very last drop. The morning blend on Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.
2: Seven twenty-six at Mater Day Radio with Pat and Brenda on the morning blend. And is Amazon taking more than its fair share? We'll have details on that just ahead.
1: I wonder. And convents and monasteries that run as B&B to welcome pilgrims in Rome, they may be forced to jack up their prices or close because of back taxes. I'll explain that to you coming up in news. Here is I am they, your love is mine. And we are Patrick and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Dei Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.
7: Thank okay. you.
2: The Bridge Between Your Faith and Everyday Life, Mater Dei Radio, celebrating First Friday with I Am They. Your love is mine. It's 730.
1: And in your news this hour, at a Mass for Pope Benedict XVI and deceased cardinals and bishops on Friday, Pope Francis urged Christians, especially pastors, to be the humble servants of others. He said, I like to recall the very first words with which Pope Benedict described himself following his election, a humble laborer in the vineyard of the Lord, the Pope said at St. Peter's Basilica on November 3rd. Now, Pope Francis presided on Friday morning at a mass of intercession for the repose of the soul of Pope Benedict XVI and the six cardinals and 147 bishops and archbishops of the Catholic Church who died since November of 2022. The mass for deceased cardinals and bishops is celebrated every year at the Vatican during the week of All Saints and All Souls Days. In his homily, Pope Francis reflected at length on the virtue of Christian humility, which he said is not simply one virtue among others, but the basic disposition of life, believing ourselves to be in need of God, making room for him and putting all our trust in him. You know, in fact, the anniversary of Pope Benedict XVI's death, December 31st, 2022, that's when he passed away, New Year's Eve. He was 95 years old.
2: A federal judge yesterday ordered counties throughout the state of Oregon to release criminal defendants from jail if they're not appointed a lawyer within seven days of their initial court appearances amid an ongoing public defense crisis. U.S. District Judge Michael J. McShane's ruling went beyond his August temporary decree that required the release of criminal defendants only in Washington County if they had been held for 10 days without a lawyer. As of yesterday, there were 14 indigent defendants housed in Washington County jails without access to counsel and 135 statewide. There are an estimated 2,700 individuals out of custody across the state, some awaiting attorneys for as long as 269 days.
1: Visitors planning a trip to Rome and hoping to save some money by staying in a monastery, convent, or any other church-run facility might do well to lock their rates in now because many of those outfits may soon be jacking up prices in order to pay off millions in back property taxes. Recently, the Episcopal Conference of Italy sent a letter to Italian bishops informing them that church-run facilities in their diocese may be facing collection requests for unpaid property taxes from the period of 2006 to 2011 based on a recent ruling from the EU overturning exemptions granted in Italian law although precise figures are hard to come by one conventional estimate is that the total in unpaid property taxes the Italian government now theoretically is required to collect could be somewhere between 3.7 and $11.6 billion. During the period of 2006 to 11, Italian law stipulated that entities operated by the church, such as bed and breakfast accommodation, guest houses, restaurant shops, even cinemas were exempt from property tax requirements as long as some portion of the facility was dedicated to religious purposes, such as housing priests or religious or hosting a chapel.
2: Amazon used a secret algorithm to essentially help raise prices on other online sites and also destroyed internal communications as the FTC undertook an antitrust investigation against it, according to newly unredacted portions of the agency's lawsuit. The new excerpts unveiled yesterday allege executives at the Seattle-based e-commerce giant intentionally deleted communication by using a feature on the popular app Signal that makes messages disappear. By doing this, the FTC said Amazon destroyed more than two years' worth of communications from 2019 to early 2022. And Amazon responded by saying the FTC's claim was baseless and irresponsible. The FTC in 17 states sued Amazon back in September, alleging that the company was abusing its position in the marketplace to inflate prices on and off its platform, overcharge sellers, and stifle competition. Amazon is accused of violating federal and state antitrust laws, but the company has responded with a vigorous defense of its business practices.
1: Portland Public School teacher strike continued into a second day Thursday, and school was already scheduled to be closed today, meaning the earliest students could return to classrooms would be Monday if Portland Public Schools and its teachers' unions can reach an agreement. Portland Public is now asking paraeducators teacher assistants, and librarian assistants to help students with a reading. Now, some tasks are relatively straightforward, like asking students to read words and phrases, as well as identifying commonalities in words. Other topics, much more in-depth, like teaching uh, phonic awareness. Portland Public Schools said that students don't have to accept the coaching and that the lessons are an attempt to ensure that students don't fall further behind.
2: Can you imagine a football season without the Oregon-Oregon State game?
1: What is this story?
2: Yeah, well, evidently, it could happen next year. Oregon released its schedule as the Big Ten finalized dates for its conference schedule on Thursday. And it does not include a game with rival Oregon State. The two schools are continuing to have discussions about playing a football game next year, but the Ducks would need to negotiate a buyout or move a game with one of its non-conference opponents. Oregon State and Oregon have played 126 games, the 10th most in the NCAA between two schools. OSU and Oregon played for the first time back in 1894. <laughs> David Endress uh, was actually was an official there. at that game. I yeah. heard that. <laughs> <laughs> They've met every year since 1945, every single year, and uh, they will meet for the 78th consecutive year on November 24th in Eugene at that uh, newly remodeled research stadium okay. Or, or in Eugene, actually at Autzen. So, yeah, and, and the Beavs, uh tomorrow, they're in Boulder. They're taking on Coach Prime, Neon Dion, for a late game in Boulder against the Buffaloes. And the uh, Ducks are home to take on Cal at Autzen Stadium. But I, I, I just can't imagine not having that game on the schedule. I mean, what are they going to do with the, the train down there in Kaiser? <laughs> what are they going to do? <laughs>
1: now, does this have to do with the fact that now they're going to be in different conferences because they've left packed Ten
2: exactly. So the, so the so the Big Ten required that all their schools submit their their schedules for mm-hmm. next year yesterday, and they uh, submitted the the schedule and there was no Oregon State game on
1: there. All right, people get this figured out. <laughs> we can't lose that rivalry. We cannot. Well, Patrick and I have been talking about today It's the first Friday of November, and it's an opportunity to honor the devotion of first Fridays and taking part in the sacred heart devotion. But in recent decades, this pious practice has fallen out of practice and is dismissed by some as an old fashioned acronyms. The main reason for the decline in interest is this devotion is probably rooted in some ignorance. People just don't know what First Fridays are all about. Families and parishes may not have adequately passed down the importance to the next generation. So here are a few things to know about the First Friday devotion. Lay it on me. All right. So how did the First Friday devotion begin? Well, some saints referenced the heart of Jesus in their writings even centuries earlier. In 1673, a French French visitation nun, St. Mary Margaret Alacoque had visions of Jesus wherein he asked the church to honor his most sacred heart. In particular, Jesus asked the faithful to receive communion on the first Fridays for nine consecutive months. Jesus asked us to do it himself. Okay, so why nine months? Any ideas, Patrick? Well,
2: nine is—is it is one of those you know ordinal numbers? So. It's a
1: number, right? It's a, a novena. We pray sure. a novena, right? So it's a type of novena. It's
2: divisible by three, which is the Trinity.
1: And nine is the number associated with the number of days the apostles spent in prayer before Pentecost, right? they were in the upper room for nine ah. days and that's where it starts, nine. I've so any novena, <laughs> the reason why it is nine is because of those nine days they spent in okay. prayer. And
2: the first novena was the Pentecost novena.
1: There right? it is. All right. So why do you do it on first Fridays? Or what are you supposed to do on first Fridays? You are to go to mass, receive Holy Communion with an intention of honoring Christ's sacred heart. And if you are not in a state of grace and unable to receive, you will also go to confession. And then there are 12 promises that are associated with the First Friday devotions, and they include peace in their homes. Lukewarm souls become fervent and abundant blessings upon all their undertakings. There's many more, and you can go online and just look those up because they are amazing promises. And then lastly, though, our First Friday is a ticket to heaven, Well, it's not as simple as going to mass for nine months, then clocking out, never going to mass again and leading a sinful life. No, the entire purpose of this devotion is to draw a person closer to the heart of Christ. If a person fulfills these obligations with sincere faith, it is natural for them to become closer to God and better prepare for death. The moment that this devotion is observed with superstitious manner, neglecting the need to live a virtuous life, All bets are off. And Jesus' promise, null and void. Read
2: the fine print.
1: Read the (laughs) fine print.
0: It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community.
1: And with that in mind, there are several parishes ready to welcome our community for First Friday devotions to, uh, at 8 a.m. St. Stanislaus opens for Eucharistic adoration in the celebration of First Friday. Holy Rosary has a First Friday devotion. Confession starting at 7 and a Dominican low right mass at the 730. And also St. Michael's Church. They're inviting young adults and other parishioners for their monthly holy hour, social hour today as well. And remember, you can find more details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app.
2: Sun coming up on this first Friday morning. And will we see rain or sunshine this afternoon? Maybe both. We'll check the weather next.
1: Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Ernesto's Italian Restaurant, a place to celebrate life's moments. Ernesto's offers full-service dining, banquet facilities for groups of 15 to 180, catering, takeout, and large order delivery, featuring traditional Italian dishes, with Chef Marco's inspired modern entrees and weekly specials. Ernesto's Italian Restaurant, 8544 Southwest Apple Way on Beaverton Hillsdale Highway, next to Jesuit High School.
4: online at BestBuyBark.com or 503-645-6665.
10: What's your next mission from God? You do have one, we all do. God has something in mind for us right where we are. This is Julie Durko. Please join me on your next mission from God, where the saints show us just how it's done. They've been through it, and sometimes they even got it wrong before they got it right.
11: Listen to your next mission from God Saturday mornings at seven fifteen and Sunday mornings at eight fifteen. Right here on the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Matra Day Radio. Seven forty
2: three at Matra Day Radio. Headed into the weekend across the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And it's going to be a little bit wet this afternoon. Probably have some sunshine before 4 o'clock. And then after 4, well, the rain starts and it doesn't stop all the way into Wednesday. High reaching 61 and that chance of rain 60% this afternoon. 100% tomorrow with a low uh, overnight of 57. High tomorrow 62. We could see some wind gust up into the 30s through the weekend and some patchy fog out there this morning. So be careful on the road.
1: All right. Currently 51 degrees at St. Edward's Catholic Church down in Kaiser.
2: And it's 44 where they're cooking that sausage at Visitation Parish and School in Verbort.
1: Do you know a group of Catholic young people who would be interested in forming a team to participate in a Jeopardy! style competition? The RC Challenge is bringing teams from as far away as Vancouver, B.C., Eastern Washington, even California have participated before. Now, this year's competition is going to be held in February 2024 at Holy Rosary Parish in Portland, and it's open to youth from 5th to 12th grades. Joining me today to tell us more... Karen Orton. Good morning, Karen. Thanks so much for joining us on The Morning Blend. Oh, thanks for having me. Karen, this just sounds like a lot of fun, not only for the kids who are involved, but the parents and the people that help organize and work with these kids. The RC Challenge stands for Roman Catholic Challenge. It is a competition, but it's a great way for kids to learn their faith. What do kids go through when they're on a team preparing for the challenge? It's a
10: fabulous way to learn the faith. Uh, Each team um, can really develop their own practice schedule or their own strategy, their own methods. Uh, We do give, when teams register, we do give them a general idea of the types of questions, the types of knowledge that um, questions will be pulled from.
1: So they're gathering, they kind of have an idea. What are the age groups that the different teams are for? And I presume that, well, what what are the younger kids are getting a little different than what the older kids are learning.
10: Yes, it definitely progresses through the ages into a um, more complex and more difficult and a little bit more obscure knowledge. As you get older, the age groups are broken up into um, four different divisions. So, The earliest that you can join a team is fifth grade. So fifth and sixth graders are um, joined together for division one. And then we have division two, which is seven, eight, division three, ninth, 10th graders, division four, 11th and 12th grade.
1: Well, Karen, you have been part of the organizing team for quite a while. Do you find that when these competitions are happening that you're really amazed at the depth of knowledge that some of these kids know about our Catholic faith.
10: Oh, it's absolutely fascinating to watch. The Division One teams are really fun because it starts out basic, and so it's just really cute. Sometimes they get stumped on something that you're sitting there in the audience, and you're just, like, trying to—you're tightening your lips, you're trying to hide <laughs> your face. Like, oh, you know, you know that saint— um, but, so they're fun, they're cute. they're just getting their feet wet. But by the time it gets to Division Two, like they are pulling out saints you've never heard of, they know all about the ecumenical councils of the church, they know Latin words, they've dug into philosophy, and so by the time it gets to those Division four, eleventh, and twelfth graders, like they are really digging into the depths of our Catholic faith and learning so much. It's really impressive. The vocabulary that they learn and just uh, all the church history, church wow. culture. everything that they uh,
1: I feel like this might be an episode of, are you smarter than a fifth grade Catholic student? Because boy, <laughs> what I have come to know for sure, the older I've gotten is what I don't know about the Catholic faith. There's a lot, but if you can create the faith and help kids learn the faith in a way that is exciting Boy, you know, what a great foundation for the rest of their lives. Karen, about how many teams do you, do we come? I know in the past you've had them come from far and wide. About how many teams do you expect to join in the competition in February?
10: You know, it's almost a little bit unpredictable this year. We're hoping for like a real comeback because things have been really just roaring up until, you know, 2019. And then, unfortunately, we did have to take a break in 2020 and 2021. Sure. We came back last year for the first time after that break with fewer than normal. Um, It was about uh, 25, between 25 and 30. I can't remember off the top of my head. Teams. Between 25 and 30 teams last year. And it had been more than that. We are hoping that from across the diocese, that we will have schools that maybe are inspired to put together a team or any parish that doesn't have a school still can pull from just families in the parish or from their sacramental prep or religious ed programs, even homeschool groups or just families that meet together and have enough kids in the right age groups, you know, among cousins or siblings. Anybody that wants to dig into the face can go ahead and put a team together. And uh, really the only thing that you need to do to be able to get started with that
1: is have a coach who can be the contact person. Okay. And then how many kids make up a team? We need to have four kids
10: on a team. You can uh, you can have a fifth person as an alternate, and then the coach would just be responsible for who will we who will we swap in this game and swap out and have in the next game because only four students can sit at the table. Okay, during any particular game.
1: Okay, perfect. Karen Orton is joining us today, telling you about the RC Challenge that is coming up February 9th to the 10th. It is going to be happening at Holy Rosary Parish in Portland. Now is the time to start getting your team together. Get registered because the deadline is coming up very soon. So, Karen, let us know a little bit about what happens over this, uh, this two-day competition.
10: Well, everybody meets and gathers on Friday evening. Um, there's a lot of buzz, a lot of excitement. Everybody is just all ramped up and ready to go for their first competition. And then we get a couple of good games in on Friday. And then the next morning, you come back early Saturday morning and you have the rest of the day and it is an elimination bracket style tournament. And so teams will play each other, um, up through the brackets until we have a first and second place team that go against each other for the championship round.
1: Oh, Karen, that how exciting I think for parents to watch these kids go along. A lot of pride and me as a parent, I always would get a little stressed and hoping that they perform well and just being on a team like this, it's great to know that they can rely on each other too to get through this. There's some prizes too. There are Division 4, the 11th and 12th
10: graders will win scholarship prizes. And then one Division one, two, three, the younger students actually have an opportunity to win cash prizes.
1: Oh, and no doubt bragging rights as well. That's probably just as good. Karen, you said that you have a couple of questions available. Kind of give us a feel for what kind of questions uh, are being asked at the challenge.
10: Oh, are you ready for this?
1: Okay, I'll try. it. Now is you said it's Jeopardy style, so does that mean that you have to answer like a Jeopardy, like who is or what is in the form of a question?
10: That's then, right. The okay. answer is given by the MC and so then someone on the team needs to be ready and they always have to remember to answer in the form of a question. Okay. Okay. So this is the book of the Bible that describes the
1: Hebrew flight from Egypt. Oh, the flight from Egypt. Okay, so uh, I will say, what is Exodus? That is correct. Oh, great! The Ten now, points for I, Team Modern Day. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Uh, now, what? <laughs> I, I I'm afraid to ask this, but what what level of question did you just ask me? That would be an
10: early Division one question,
1: <laughs> Of course not one of the is. more complicated. Okay, well, I'm feeling pretty confident after that one. Of course, that was one of the Level 1 questions. Karen, let's see if we can kind of push ourselves a little bit. Let's see what those upper-level uh, questions might sound like.
10: Yes, indeed. Let's pull one of that, pull out one of those more advanced ones and see how well you're feeling then. This Pope saint organized an expedition against the Turks resulting in victory at
1: Lepanto. Oh, <laughs> Okay, well, I, I want to say Lepanto. Oh, back into the 1500s, you know, I wasn't paying too much attention back then. So how about, uh, who is Pope Clement?
10: Ah, very good, remembering the form <laughs> of a <the> question.
1: <laughs> Unfortunately, oh, that is no. an
10: incorrect answer.
1: So if a team gets it wrong, does the other team get an opportunity to answer? Right. At this point the
10: MC throws it over to the other team saying, you know, if you would does anybody have an answer and then they have the opportunity to ring in. So if so they, they have got said? this wrong and we would say who was Saint Pius the <gasps>
1: highest the fifth oh, another one of my favorites in history <laughs> wow how complex that is amazing and so you said that when a team registers while it doesn't have all of the questions on there they they do get a study guide that'll kind of focus on what level they're at and what what some of the questions will be
10: yes they'll get they'll get a basic guide of the topics and categories that each division pulls questions from
1: Fantastic. I will never forget Pope Pius V now, of course. That is fantastic. (laughs) Again, what a great way to learn the faith. All right, Karen, so the competition's coming up in February. When is the deadline for teams to register?
10: There are actually two registration dates. They have the opportunity to hit the early bird registration December 1st
1: or December
10: 15th is the the final registration date.
1: Just around the corner. Karen, is there a webpage where they can go to or an email where they can find out more information? Yes. If they
10: email joshjonesvancouver at gmail.com, they'll -hmm. get all of the registration information that they need.
1: Well, perfect then. Karen, thank you so much. I feel the need to start brushing up on my uh, Popes in History category, and uh, I appreciate (laughs) you joining us today. Thanks for having
10: me.
2: 755 at Matra Day Radio. I need some help, Brenda. I I, (laughs) I didn't get any of those. I thought
1: that Pope Clement was a good guess.
2: Oh, very good. Yeah, I thought you were right. And in fact,
1: it's possible Pope Clement may have been, and and there was a number too Pope Clement the Fourth or Ninth or whatever, uh, might have been the Pope just before Pius V, which Ah, uh, I got wrong. But. Yeah, I, I got
2: I, Exodus right. You got Exodus. I got Exodus That's right. right. <laughs> hey, you know what, Brenda? No matter how you answer those questions, they're always Catholic answers. And I did you it. know that Catholic Answers started here at Monterey Radio, what? the show? Yeah. Jerry Usher came up with the idea when he was working here at Matri-Day Radio. And you can get all the Catholic answers this afternoon right after the Chaplain of Divine Mercy around uh, 3.10 or so. It's uh, by far one of our most popular programs here at matri Radio. And if you're looking for answers, we've got them this afternoon here at the Bridge
4: Between Your Faith and Everyday Life, Matri-Day Radio. Support for Matri-Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Bringing souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.
0: This is Modern Day Radio, KBVM Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield. Translator K two three five BF Eugene, and streaming at moderndayradio.com. Would you like to gain a deeper understanding of the Holy Mass? Hello, this is Terry Ross. Join me on Modern Day Radio each Saturday afternoon at four and Sunday afternoon at two for the glory of the Mass every weekend we'll explore the rich history of sacred music within the catholic liturgy increase your appreciation for the beauty and sanctity of catholic sacred music with the glory of the mass saturday and sunday afternoons on mater day radio the bridge between your faith and everyday life the morning blend check out our podcast at materdayradio.com
2: 757 at Mater Dei Radio, and vocations are growing. At least they are at Mount Angel. Details on that just ahead.
1: And fans of The Chosen getting a little Christmas surprise. I'll tell you about it coming up right after Awaken the Saint.
8: Hey, everyone. I'm Colleen with Awaken Catholic, and this is Awaken the Saint. Today's saint comes to us from South America. Saint Martin de Porres was born in 1579 in Lima, Peru, the illegitimate son of a Spanish gentleman and a freed slave woman. After a couple years in primary school, he was placed under the tutorship of a barber-slash-surgeon in order to learn the art of cutting hair as well as medicine. Now, by Peruvian law, no one of African or indigenous descent could become full members of a religious order. And being mixed, Martín was no exception. In fact... He was often put down for his racial heritage and for being illegitimate, but he did not allow this discrimination to hold him back from the life he desired. Martin loved God above all things, and he wanted to become a monk so that he could fully serve him, so he looked for a way into the order of Dominicans. At the age of 15, he was received into the monastery as a servant boy, doing the most menial tasks, and in turn, he was allowed to wear the habit and live with the religious community. While there, he used his skills as a barber and a healer, and also spent some time working the kitchen, the garden, doing laundry, and distributing money to the poor. After eight years of service, the prior Juan de Lorenzana decided that it was not fair to refuse Martin to be a Dominican brother based on his race. He chose to overstep the law, allowing him to become a full member of the community at the age of 24. Martin demonstrated such a profound love for the Blessed Sacrament that he would often pray for hours without moving. He is said to have experienced ecstasies, lifting into the air with light filling the room as he prayed. Martin's heart was so pure and humble that one time when he learned the convent was in financial trouble, he begged his superior to sell him as a slave in order to pay off the debt. Obviously, his superior found this suggestion admirable, but of the question. Eventually, he was placed in charge of the infirmary. Soon, miracles started to happen around him. People were being healed through meals he prepared or even after he brought them a simple glass of water. He quickly became known for his compassionate heart that loved without distinction between social classes, race, or religion. Martin's heart was so much like Christ that at one point he brought an old beggar covered in ulcers and laid him on his own bed to care for the man. When a fellow brother protested, Martin only replied, compassion, my dear brother, is is preferable to cleanliness. When a plague hit Lima, many of the friars fell sick. They were placed in a distant part of the convent, locked off from the rest of the brothers. But Martin is said to have miraculously passed through the locked doors to care for them. His love extended to all the needs he saw around him. When he died at the age of 60 in 1639, tales of his holiness were widespread throughout the surrounding areas and countless people came to pay their respects. Martin's life was miraculous, not only for his many miracles, but also for his pure love and humility that could only come through an intimate relationship with Jesus. I pray that we too grow closer to Christ in the Eucharist and learn humility through constant prayer, through fasting and abandonment to the divine will. St. Martin de Bores, pray for us.
1: And that is today's Awaken the Saint. Now you can find a lot of information about the saints and also pray with Mater Day Radio. <coughs> if you download today, the free Hail Mary media app, details at com. It's 801.
2: U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken is back in Israel this morning urging officials there to do everything in their power to protect civilians caught in the fighting in Gaza and ensure they receive humanitarian aid while underscoring the country's right to defend itself. Israel, meanwhile, warned that it's on high alert for an attack on its border with Lebanon as fears grow that the conflict could widen. Israeli troops tightened their encirclement of Gaza City, the focus of their campaign to crush the enclave's ruling Hamas militants. This is Blinken's third trip to Israel since the war began, and he also plans to visit Amman, Jordan. It follows President Joe Biden's suggestion for a humanitarian pause in the fighting. The aim would be to let in aid for Palestinians and let out more Palestinians who hold foreign passports and are wounded.
1: Passengers who were aboard a flight diverted to the Portland International Airport when an off-duty Alaska Airline pilot, allegedly tried to shut down the engine mid-flight, they have filed a class-action lawsuit against Alaska Airlines and its affiliate, Horizon Air. The lawsuit blasts the airline for an alleged lack of rigorous screening and standards for pilots and those in the jump seat, as well as self-serving public statements that the complaint says tried to downplay the incident. The failure to prevent Emerson from being in the cockpit breached a duty of care to its passengers, the lawsuit claims. Emerson had been riding in the cockpit jump seat on a flight from Everett to San Francisco when he allegedly attempted to activate the fire suppression system in both engines, which would have caused them to shut down. The two pilots prevented him from shutting down the engine engines. Investigators say and he was subdued and removed from the cockpit. Emerson was then arrested after the flight landed at Portland International Airport. The lawsuit cited concerns of pervasive mental illness among pilots. Experts have said that many pilots avoid mental health care for fear of being grounded.
2: The monks of Mount Angel Abbey will be celebrating the priestly ordination of Brother Charles Borromeo Gonzalez. Tomorrow morning at 9, Bishop Liam Carey of the the Diocese of Baker will be the ordaining prelate and principal celebrant for the Mass tomorrow up on the hilltop. The ordination liturgy will also be live streamed, and you can catch that on Monterey Radio's Hail Mary media app. We've got that stream from the Abbey and... uh, it's going to be so exciting to see Brother Charles become Father Charles. You know he was with us for the Sherathon back in the spring, and uh, oh, what a what a neat young man! Oh, absolutely, the holiness just comes off of him. I've but.
1: had the blessing of talking to him a few times for different interviews, and he joined us. Remember when Mater Day Radio hosted an event down there at, at the brewery, and he was I, there with Brother that? Jeffrey. <laughs> absolutely. The Lord bless you and keep you.
7: The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious
1: to you. The Lord turn His face toward you. Doesn't that sound exciting? Well, sign me up because on November 1st, the hit Christian series, The Chosen, released the trailer to its upcoming Christmas special, one that will be shown exclusively in theaters December 12th to the 17th, Christmas with The Chosen. The Holy Night weaves The Messengers, a Christmas special depicting the story of Jesus' birth and The Shepherd, the pilot episode of The Chosen, into one remastered and rescored story. The new special tells the story of Jesus' birth through the eyes of a young mother labeled impure and a shepherd boy considered unclean it also includes a never-before-seen performance from Italian singers Andrea and Matteo Bocelli father and son duo. Other performers include Matt Marr, Brandon Lake, Zach Williams, and One Voice Children's Choir. Tickets go on sale in the U.S. on November 20th. Dallas Jenkins, creator, director, and co-writer of The Chosen, told Catholic News Agency... We didn't know it was going to work. We thought it might be clunky, and then it turned out beautifully. Sign me up. I will be there.
2: I can't wait to see that. Oh, it'll be a great way to celebrate the uh, Advent season and, and get ready for Christmas. In sports, the 2023 Oregon High School football playoffs have arrived, and that's I guess a harbinger of the holidays mm-hmm. are just ahead. Local Catholic schools are right in the thick of the chase in nearly every ca- classification across the state of Oregon. Taking a look uh, around the, the first weekend of playoffs in 6A, that's where the biggies are. Lake Oswego is at Jesuit. Tonight, North Medford takes on number four Central Catholic, dropping down to four A. Crook County is at Maris Catholic, uh, and then Marshfield is At number six LaSalle out in Milwaukee tonight. And in class 2A, Stanfield is at number four Regis in Staten. And Salem's Blanchette Catholic travels down south to Gold Beach for their game tonight. So, Catholic schools all up and down the playoffs tonight. Let's hope they advance into the next round.
1: Many Catholics grow up celebrating their patron saint's feast day in some special way. In some regions of the world, your saint day is like another birthday. Hispanic cultures have a special song to be sung on saint days, and often families will wake the special person with a morning serenade. Many other cultures have their own special tradition, and Catholics honor their saint's feast day all over the world. In Pope Benedict XVI's last book, what is Christianity? The last writings he describes how his parents would celebrate his saints day when he was a little boy, then called Joseph Ratzinger. The Ratzinger family always celebrated the feast of St. Joseph on March 19th. And in its final years, Pope Benedict took time to reflect on these happy memories from his childhood. He said St. Joseph's day was my father's paternal feast and mine. And within the practical limitations, it was celebrated properly. Always practical, Pope, Pope Benedict was, right? So here are some of the key elements on how they celebrated St. Joseph's Day. Well, they weren't a people of means, so they would use a special tablecloth. Isn't that kind of unique? St. On- Joseph's table. St. Joseph's yeah. table. So they had a special tablecloth they'd put out. He said they'd have uh, festive foods. They'd drink fresh ground coffee, because his father liked that very much. And on top of that, mom would bake a cake with icing, which completely expressed the extraordinary character of the feast, he said. Uh, Flowers were often there, primroses, he said. And there was also a small gift for both father and son. He said, most times my mother, with her savings, somehow managed to buy an important book. Now, altogether, these elements seem simple on a festive day for little Joseph Ratzinger, but in this way, he said, the special quality of the feast day of St. Joseph was tangible. From early morning on, that's awesome, you know I, I, love I, that.
2: I think we just become thinking of him as Pope Benedict. We lose sight that he his name was joseph
1: they he was his name was Joseph, and that it what a perfect example too that the popes, the head of the church on earth, come from ordinary families. It could be any family
2: they must have been doing something right because his brother became a priest and pretty high up in the Catholic Church too
1: mm-hmm.
0: It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community.
1: Well, if you head out there this weekend, you might catch Patrick Ryan at the 89th annual Verbort Sausage mm-hmm. with Kraut Festival on Saturday. Begins at 9 a.m. Come join the 89 years of handmade sausage, sauerkraut, applesauce made solely by hundreds of community volunteers and generations of families that have been in Verbort for over 150 years. All proceeds go to visitation parish. And remember, you can find details on the and other events, head over to the community calendar, matradayradio.com and the Hail Mary Media app.
2: So they got plates and then they got sausage by the pound. Oh! I ain't messing with the plates.
1: Just get it by the pound and enjoy (laughs) it all year long.
2: I'm loading the freezer up. It is good (laughs) stuff. But I'll probably, you know, get get some of the applesauce too, just as I'm out there. What will the weather be like for the Sausage Fest and for today? We could see some sunshine, but I think that's going to change. Fog out there right now, so be
4: careful driving. We'll check the weather next support for mater Dei radio comes from our leadership circle members including best buy in town landscape supply since 1984 best buy in town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services including mark dust blowing rock soil sod and recycler of yard debris located at 2200 cornelius pass road in hillsboro online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665.
11: Join Matri-Day Radio and Holy Cross Priest, Father Jim Gallagher in prayer with the morning offering.
2: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O oh Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys and sufferings of this day, for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for sin, for the intentions of all my friends and associates, and in particular, for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
11: For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit maturadayradio.com.
5: Healthcare sharing has been around for decades and began out of the Christian tradition of neighbor helping neighbor. That's the premise Solidarity HealthShare was built on. We're a non-profit medical cost sharing ministry in which our family of members share in each other's eligible medical expenses. Solidarity HealthShare is not insurance, but an alternative way to pay for medical costs that adheres to Catholic Church teachings. We never share into medical care that goes against our morals. More information at SolidarityHealthShare.org. The Catholic Church
2: dedicates the month of November to the Holy Souls in Purgatory. Join matri Radio as we unite with the communion of saints. We pray daily for the souls of all the faithful departed and for the intentions of the living through our broadcast of the celebration of the Holy Mass, the Holy Rosary, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, and uplifting spiritual reflections. We also pray for your specific intentions on Matreday Radio's prayer hotline. Our dedicated team of intercessors is ready to hear from you now at 503-285-3737. That's 503-285-3737. Or send your intention through matradayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Unite with us throughout November as we pray for the holy souls and your intentions at Matraday Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. at Monterey Radio and enjoy the sunshine while we have it because it's going to change Cloudy with a high of 61 this afternoon and a 60% chance of rain after 4. Winds are going to pick up as well. Could see wind gust up into the 30s. Low tonight around 57, a 100% chance of rain <laughs> tonight. Right now, a little fog around the area, so please be careful on the road.
1: That's right. In fact, it's 45 degrees and foggy at St. Thomas Catholic Church in Camas.
2: And it's already warmed up to 53 where they're getting ready for playoff football at Marist Catholic High School in Eugene.
1: National Vocation Awareness Week celebrated November 5th to the 11th is an annual week-long celebration of the Catholic Church in the United States dedicated to promoting vocations to the priesthood, the diaconate, and consecrated life through prayer and education. In the weeks leading up to this week here in the Archdiocese of Portland, they're highlighting a different religious vocation each week. And joining me today to share about his vocation and how his priesthood in a religious order differs from the diocesan priesthood, it is Father Francesco DePoitte. He is the pastor at St. Henry's Catholic Church in Gresham. Good morning, Father Francesco. Thank you so much for joining me today.
12: Good morning. It's my pleasure to be with you.
1: So if someone were to look up your name and email in the St. Henry's Parish website, after your name, it says... O-J-S-S. Tell our listeners about what that stands for and what are the charisms of your order.
12: Well, I'm a part of a, a small clerical association that was founded in the 90s. Uh, the work of Jesus the high priest and those those letters represent the Latin form thereof, Opus Jesus the um, We're a small community. We have about 65 priests and about 200 sisters at the moment, so I guess not that small anymore. Um, yeah, we were founded in the 90s really along with so many other groups, um, kind of as part of this renewal process that we've been seeing in the Church with the foundation of many new groups with different new charisms. Ours happens to be to work very much for the renewal of the priesthood, renewal of the Church, by bringing uh, the Church and and the faithful back to a life of the sacraments, to this faithfulness to the Holy Father, to a, a deep Marian devotion. We also promote very much the The divine mercy. And so these kind of become the the real pillars and the foundations of of what our spirituality is. And so as such, we work as missionaries in quite a few different countries of the world. Um, And with a charism that broad, it allows us to work, be it in schools or guys, some are in the Vatican, others are in parishes like here in the States.
1: Father Francesco, you were highlighted in a recent social media post from the Archdiocese of Portland, where you say, my vocation story can only be understood in the Eucharist, which has been a theme throughout my life. Please, can you explain that for us?
12: You know, it started for me, um, I was living in Denver at the time as a high school student, and I had gone to World Youth Day. After returning from World Youth Day, I spoke with a priest um, who said to me at the time, Whatever your vocation might be, if you're to called to be a priest or or, or to uh, to be a family father, whatever the case might be, it will be in your fidelity to the Eucharist that you're faithful to your vocation. And he encouraged me at that time to start going to daily mass and or adoration as was possible. And I was fortunate that the church that I was in had daily adoration sorry perpetual adoration every day, and also a daily mass early enough in the morning that I could start going to that. And that really became. Um, the foundational part of my vocation, and it's been true throughout my vocation that the more faithful I was to my devotion to the Eucharist, to taking that time in prayer before the Blessed Sacrament, to prayerfully taking part in, in the Eucharist, the more joyful and successful and fulfilled I was in my vocation.
1: If you are just tuning in, I'm talking this morning with Father Francesco de Point. He is the pastor at St. Henry's Catholic Church in Gresham and is part of the order work of Jesus, the high priest. So while you are a pastor at St. Henry's in Gresham, I imagine all of that work as a pastor, the same, whether you're a religious ordered priest or a diocesan priest. But maybe for our listeners, explain how you see being a priest in a religious order Differs than the diocesan priest that we would most ordinarily come across in our parishes.
10: I
12: mean, I guess the biggest difference is the diocesan priest belongs truly to his diocese. We, being a missionary community, um, can be sent virtually anywhere. I started my my first vocation or my first parish was in Uruguay. After that, I spent twelve years in Kazakhstan, which is then quite a shift to go from there to here. Um, so that obviously is a difference in that I can end up serving literally anywhere in the world. But once you get down to it, once I'm in a parish, we're a pastor. We're a father for the people that are entrusted to us the same. In that, that regard, it doesn't differ between diocesan or religious because we're there entirely for the people that the Lord is entrusted to our care.
1: Father, you were the pastor there at St. Henry's. It has a growing Hispanic community. How do you see the life of the church expressed in your particular parish?
12: Well, we're very fortunate um, in that we do have such a vibrant uh, bilingual community. We have the, the the Anglo side was where it began, but it has grown and continues to grow with our with our Hispanics. And I have to say, one of the things that I've been really placing an emphasis on since I arrived is to integrate those communities, to try to make them more and more one family. Um, obviously, the linguistic barrier is always there, but I think that the hearts uh, of the parishioners is, are very much open to the idea of being one community. And so we do, we see, like with many of the Hispanic communities in our archdiocese, we see a great um, number of our sacraments being celebrated there. They have large numbers of baptisms, weddings, uh, and which is a wonderful thing to see that that vibrant young side to the parish. And so hopefully that, in its time, will reinvigorate also the rest of the parish.
1: Father, as we talked about earlier, that you talked about your vocation can only be understood in the Eucharist. While there is that language barrier in your own parish, which at times makes it difficult to relate the unity in the Blessed Sacrament, that is the vocation story of your parish. Tell our listeners yeah. about how the Eucharist, how is that the center of a parish life there?
12: I mean, truly, all parish life begins from and flows back towards its Eucharistic devotion. That is the very reason we even have the churches. I mean, in a very literal sense, the center of every church is the tabernacle with the Blessed Sacrament. And that's not just symbolic, that is also um, very much a spiritual reality. The Life of a parish depends entirely on its Eucharistic devotion. If we lose that genuine love of Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament, if our faith begins to wane in we and it becomes this superficial, this is our gathering space, as opposed to this is where we come to encounter Christ in the Eucharist, that is the death knell of a parish. That is a parish that is on its last legs and has only a short time to live before the people start to filter away and, 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 and leave. On the other hand, where there is that genuine, fervent love of the Holy Eucharist, where you find people who are truly aware, I am in the presence of God, then even if they're not as catechized as as one might like, still that devotion begins to flourish, that love begins to flourish, and it's infectious. It draws other people in. It makes other people realize I'm in the presence of something which is beyond me, which transcends me, and that I need.
1: Father Francesco DuPoitte is the pastor at St. Henry's Catholic Church, talking to us today about his vocation. Father Francesco, I really appreciate your time and sharing your journey with us today. Before we go, will you end us in prayer and your blessing?
7: Yes.
12: So now, especially in this year of Eucharistic Revival, in a very special way, we pray that the Lord may inspire in our hearts a deeper love of Him, that we may be given this grace and this blessing to recognize Him in the Eucharist, and to recognize that he is truly with us always until the end of times in all of our needs and all of our necessities. And so we ask the Lord's blessing now upon all of our listeners, that the Lord may bless you, that he may bless your families through you, that he may truly accompany you, heal you, console you. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
1: Amen. Father Francesco, thank you so much for your time today. God bless you, and thank you so much for your vocation to priesthood in our community.
12: Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to be with you.
2: 822 at Monterey Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And we're getting ready for that holiday season. And you know, if you've got family and friends coming over throughout the holidays, you can never have enough room. Let us help you with that. And you can help us at the same time. Of course, we're talking about Monterey Radio's vehicle donation program. If you've got a used car, truck, van, RV, or boat... If it's got a motor, chances are <laughs> we can get it into the vehicle donation program. Clearing space for the holidays around your place and helping create Catholic Radio and make it stronger. It's a win-win situation. It's the vehicle donation program
4: at MontredayRadio.com. Support for Montreday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist.
9: Support from Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including University of Portland, dedicated to excellence and innovation in the classroom. Ranked as one of the top colleges in the West by U.S. News and World Report, the University of Portland is home to robust undergraduate and graduate programs in its colleges of arts and sciences and its schools of business, education, engineering, and nursing. Learn more at up.edu. Hello, I'm Kevin Doran. And I'm Carla Wehrman, co-host of Sunday Commentary. Join us every weekend on Mater Day Radio, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8 as we break down the scripture readings so you can better prepare to enter into the beauty and mystery of the Holy Mass. It's fun, fast and faith filled. Let us share our love of the good news with you. Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8 on Mater Day Radio.
0: The bridge between your faith and everyday life. It's the cup that refreshes the morning blend on Mater Day Radio.
2: 825 at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary on this first Friday as we celebrate the most sacred heart of Jesus. And coming up, Brenda. Could November 24th be the last football game between Oregon and Oregon State? <gasps> Say it's not so, but it's it looks not like so. it might be. Yeah, mm. we've got details on that ahead.
1: All right, and convents and monasteries in Rome may be forced to jack up their prices for uh, people who stay in pilgrims or close altogether. The U.S. Mm. Gover- the Rome government coming after back property taxes. I'll explain that to you coming up in three minutes. It is Jamie Teton now. And surrendering. We are the morning blend right here at Mater Day Radio.
7: How could I hold back the smallest part of anything I'm holding in my heart when I've seen who you are? matchless glory of your name I-
2: Today radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life that is Jamie Teton and surrendering it's eight thirty on this first Friday
1: at a mass for Pope Benedict the Sixteenth and deceased cardinals and bishops on Friday, Pope Francis urged Christians, especially pastors, to be the humble servant of others. He said, I like to recall the very first words with which Pope Benedict described himself following his election. A humble laborer in the vineyard of the Lord, the Pope said in St. Peter's Basilica on November 3rd. Pope Francis presided on Friday morning at a mass of intercession for the repose of the soul of Pope Benedict the Sixteenth and the six cardinals and 147 bishops and archbishops of the Catholic Church who have died since November of last year. The Mass for deceased cardinals and bishops is celebrated every year at the Vatican during the week of All Saints and All Souls Day. In his homily, Pope Francis reflected at length on the virtue of Christian humility, which he said is not simply one virtue among others, but the basic disposition of life, believing ourselves to be in need of God.
2: A federal judge yesterday ordered counties throughout the state of Oregon to release criminal defendants from jail if they're not appointed a lawyer within seven days of their initial court appearances amid an ongoing public defense crisis. U.S. District Judge Michael J. McShan ruling went beyond his August temporary decree that required the release of criminal defendants only in Washington County if they've been held for 10 days without a lawyer. As of yesterday, there were 14 indigent defendants housed in Washington County jails without access to counsel and 135 statewide. There are an estimated 2,700 individuals out of custody across the state, some awaiting attorneys for as long as 269 days. The average wait time for counsel is now 63 days across Oregon.
1: Visitors planning a trip to Rome and hoping to save some money by staying in a monastery, convent, or other church-run facility might do well to lock their rates in now because many of those outfits may soon be jacking up prices in order to pay off millions in back property taxes. Recently, the Episcopal Conference of Italy dispatched a letter to Italian bishops informing them that church-run facilities in their diocese May be facing collection requests for unpaid property taxes from the period of 2006 to 2011, based on a recent ruling from the EU that is overturning exemptions granted in Italian law. Although precise figures are hard to come by, one conventional estimate is that the total in unpaid property taxes the Italian government now theoretically is required to collect could be somewhere between three. And $11 billion. That's quite a swing there, but, uh, well, they're going to try to get it. Aren't they euros? I think you're probably (laughs) right. During the period of those years, Italian law stipulated that entities operated by the church, such as bed and breakfast accommodation, guest houses, restaurant shops, even cinemas, were exempt from property tax requirement as long as some portion of the facility was dedicated to religious purposes.
2: Amazon used a secret algorithm to essentially help raise prices on other online sites and also destroyed internal communications as the Federal Trade Commission undertook an antitrust investigation against the Seattle-based company, according to newly unredacted portions of the agency's lawsuit. The new excerpts unveiled yesterday allege executives at the e-commerce giant intentionally deleted communications by using a feature on the popular app Signal that makes messages disappear. In a prepared statement, Amazon spokesman Tim Doyle called the FTC's claim baseless and irresponsible, The FTC and 17 states are suing Amazon, filing the suit in September, alleging that the company was abusing its position in the marketplace to inflate prices on and off its platform, overcharge sellers, and stifle competition. Amazon is accused of violating federal and state antitrust laws, but the Seattle-based company has responded with a vigorous defense of its current business practices.
1: The first ever Portland Public School teacher strike continued into a second day Thursday. The school's already scheduled to be closed on Friday, meaning the earliest students could return to classrooms would be Monday if Portland Public Schools and its teachers union can reach an agreement. Portland Public is now asking paraeducators, teacher assistants, and librarian assistants to help students with reading. Portland Public has given paraeducators thick Lesson packets to review so they can coach kindergartners through third graders on reading. Lessons are expected to begin on a Monday. Some tasks are relatively straightforward, they said, like asking students to read words and phrases, as well as identifying commonalities in words. Other topics much more in-depth, like teaching phonemic awareness. Portland Public Schools said that students don't have to accept the coaching. The lessons are an attempt to ensure students don't fall further behind. And
2: in sports, imagine the end of the Civil War, or what used to be the Civil War. Oregon and Oregon State, after November 21st, may not play each other. Oregon released its schedule as the Big Ten finalized date for its conference schedule yesterday and it does not include a game with rival Oregon State. The two schools are continuing to have discussions about playing a football game in 2024, but the Ducks would need to negotiate a buyout or move a game with one of its non-conference opponents. Oregon and Oregon State have played 126 games, the 10th most in a series among NCAA Division I schools. They played the first game back in 1894 and have met every year since 1945, but that streak could be coming to an end at the 78th consecutive game on November 24th at Autzen Stadium in Eugene. Well, uh, more immediate this weekend, Uh, the Beavers are on the road and – Boulder, Colorado, to take on Coach Prime, Neon Dion, and the Colorado Buffaloes. Meanwhile, the uh, Ducks are home in Autzen Stadium, taking on Cal tomorrow afternoon.
1: Our parents grew up going to church every first Friday of the month and taking part in Sacred Heart devotions. But in recent decades, the pious practice has fallen out of practice and is dismissed by some as an old-fashioned dedication. The main reason for the decline in interest in the devotion is probably rooted in simple ignorance. People don't know what First Fridays are all about. Families and parishes may not have adequately passed down their importance to the next generation. Well, today it is First Friday and here are some things you need to know about today and the devotion. So how did this all begin? While some saints referenced the heart of Jesus in their writings even centuries earlier, in 1673, a French Visitation nun named Mary Margaret Mary Alacoque had visions of Jesus, wherein he asked the church to honor his most sacred heart. In particular, Jesus ask the faithful to receive communion on the first Fridays for nine consecutive months. So uh, this is a directive from Jesus himself to do this devotion. Why nine consecutive months? Well, the number nine is traditionally associated with the novena and finds its origin in the nine days that the apostles spent in prayer before Pentecost. So why are you supposed to do first? Excuse me. How? are you supposed to do these, this first Friday devotion? Here's what you can do. You go to Mass and receive Holy Communion with the intention of honoring Christ's sacred heart. If you are not in a state of grace and thus unable to receive, you will also need to go to confession today. There are 12 promises. <laughs> Wait a
2: minute. Why'd you look at me when you said
1: <laughs> <laughs> You and me both then. I'll see you in line. <laughs> Twelve promises are connected to this devotion, including peace in their homes. Lukewarm souls will become fervent and abundant blessings upon all their undertakings. Go online. You can read the full list of them. It's incredible what this devotion offers. And first Fridays, not exactly a free ticket to heaven either. It's not as simple as going to mass for nine months, then clocking out, never going to mass again and leading a sinful life. The entire purpose of this devotion is to draw a person closer to the heart of Christ. If a person fulfills these obligations with sincere faith, well, it is natural for he or she to be closer to God and better prepared for life and death. The moment that this devotion is observed in a superstitious manner, neglecting the need to live a virtual life, well, all bets are off. (laughs) And Jesus promised nolan boyd so it's not a superstition there is a faithful devotion that goes along with it and
2: and it's piety so i think it's anything we can do to really grow in that that uh universal call to holiness it's gotta gotta help and it's gotta make us you know more graceful certainly hey we may need some grace to get through this weekend because we have got a time change we've got a big weather change coming and we'll tell you more about that just ahead
1: all right, coming up to Patrick in our next segment, we're going to do a second cup. Let's go through the entire month of November 2. There's a few celebrations that we've got to get onto the calendar. Oregon Retrovi is a lifeline to married couples helping them restore their marriage and rebuild a loving relationship. Catholic in origin, this Christian marriage program is open to all married couples, no matter what age, walk of life, faith or ethnic background. Oregon Retrovi is a practical program to improve communication, build stronger marriages and help couples reconnect. Presenters are not trained marriage counselors, but rather couples sharing their personal stories and the tools that they use to rediscover their love. Begin your journey to healing. All it takes is a decision to find out more. Go to helpourmarriage.org and start the process today. That's helpourmarriage.org to learn more about this transformational program. Oregon Retrovi, a lifeline, for married couples.
9: Catholic Community Services of Lane County is hosting its Welcoming Our New Neighbors 2023 fundraiser. Starting at 6 p.m. on November 16th in Eugene, the event will benefit clients of CCS's Refugee and Immigrant Services Program. It'll feature international cuisine, music, inspiring stories, and more. Purchase your tickets today at ccslc.org WONN 2023. That's ccslc.org slash WONN 2023. A great way to support Mater Dei Radio is through our Leadership Circle. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. Information on our leadership circle at matradayradio.com.
2: 844 Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. I think that fog out there is increasing, Brenda. It looks like it's getting worse. So if you're on the road, be careful. We could see some spots of sunshine, though, and then everything changes around 4 o'clock this afternoon as the uh, precipitation rolls in. 60% chance of rain, high 61, a 100% chance of rain tonight. Low 57 and then rain every day all the way on that forecast into next Wednesday.
1: Currently, it is 49 degrees and still foggy at Holy Redeemer Catholic Church in Vancouver.
2: And 50 degrees in North Portland at Holy Redeemer Parish here in the Rose City.
1: Patrick, you are right, Us uh, here sitting on top of Sylvan Hill, looking out the window. The fog that was down in the valley is lifting, but it's lifting right up over <laughs> us, so we're starting to get kind of a, a cloudy, foggy view. But, yeah,
2: if you're on Highway 26, you're gonna run right into a, a bank as you head down the hill.
1: Yep, for sure. Uh, going up and going back yeah. down, it looks <laughs> like, for sure. But you know what? Fog won't keep us from celebrating a beautiful First Friday devotion. I just love this dedication. The more I learn about it, the more you can't help and think, why have I not been doing this all along?
2: And first Saturday too, but you know, I was thinking, Brenda, this morning, the first Saturday and first Friday, they didn't correspond back to back for a couple months here. You know, they they were kind of staggered, like first Saturday oh, would happen would come, the because it was the first, first and then you have right. to wait. Right. So we get get them back to back today after we had that triduum of, of feast just over the last three days. So it it's great to be Catholic to have all these celebrations <laughs> and look at all the saints we've got this month.
1: This I was realizing. And when we were going through getting prepared for today going we're going to get your calendar out we're going to mark down some important days to remember there are some heavy hitters some big leaguers of saints that today are and
2: tomorrow already
1: all righty so today's saint is saint martin, martin
2: De- depurus that's tomorrow, a beautiful saint charles borromeo and brother charles how borromeo incredible is that ordained a priest tomorrow up at Mount Angel. So that that kind of goes maybe, hand in hand.
1: Maybe plan that that they way. They probably I'm did. sure. They're but smart folks. That it's on a Saturday though. So that way people have off. He said Mount Angel Abbey sent a notice out about his ordination to the priesthood. Everybody's invited, they said. Come on down to the hilltop.
2: And if you can't get there, you can always watch the stream on the Hail Mary Media app because we stream the monks, you know, Liturgy of the Hours and anything really happening in the church there on the hilltop gets streamed on the app, including
1: the ordination tomorrow. That's right. And you can even stay up a little bit late with the celebrations that are going on because... At 2 o'clock in the morning, you get to fall back your clocks and you're going to pick up an extra hour of sleep. Do not forget because you're going to show up at the wrong time for Mass on Sunday.
2: Get you more time to
1: pray. That's it. more time you spend with Jesus, the more time you want to spend with Jesus. So then also looking forward, now this is an unusual one too. It is the Feast of the Holy Relics preserved in churches and dioceses. That's a feast day also on Friday. I'm like, on Sunday. And I'm like, why well, I've not heard that before. But you know that when you've come in contact, encountered a holy relic, you, you're you like, I am amazed. I am amazed. I think that just recently, uh, Mount Angel Abbey had a celebration of their relics. And in every church embedded in the altar is a relic. It's a holy relic.
2: It's quite a, quite an interesting tradition, but uh, that Mount Angel collection is very, very impressive. We had an uh, event there, I guess it was about three years ago and they brought the relics out and there was, I mean, there was an audible gasp when people saw it, like they were just like, really just impressed and amazed by that. So I didn't, quite realize there was a feast There's day a, just dedicated to the rocks and it's sunday okay makes
1: absolutely sense uh okay now moving along in the week next thursday the 9th it is the feast of the dedication of saint john lateran basilica now i bring this one up because i am looking forward to a trip again uh next spring me and a group of people along with a good deacon uh going to the to rome to see some of these things italy
2: you have been warned
1: <laughs> Just get ready. That's right. <laughs> uh, but what I remember about I got to visit that years ago when we were there on our first trip. We sat at the uh, inside the church and attended a celebration mass for the canonization of Saint Katiri Tekowitha. Now the parish had brought in an orchestra to play for the mass, a full orchestra, and it was the most beautiful music that I've ever heard in a mass. It resonated through that the just that huge huge um ceiling in there. Ah, oh, it was incredible. Just I felt so blessed to be able to sit there in mass that day.
2: Now, am I right St. John Lateran is the Pope's church, is that right?
1: I believe that yeah. you are correct. Okay. Yeah, that that is correct and uh and as you would expect the Pope's parish <laughs> Very, very beautiful. I think
2: people think it's St. Peter's Basilica, but he, it's not. He it's has not. a parish that's actually assigned to him, and I, I, it's St. John Lateran,
5: yeah.
1: So then, as we go through to also St. Martin of Tours, oh, his feast yeah. day is on the 11th, and then you keep going around, uh, <laughs> jumping St. Josephat, his feast <laughs> day is on the 12th, and Mother Cabrini, St. Francis Cabrini is on the 13th. So what a wonderful feast! One of those American saints. One of yeah. those American saints. Let's see. I want to say, I think in uh, in Washington, D.C., at the National Basilica, there is an ivory sculpture or yes. white marble sculpture of Mother Cabrini with children around her, I'm pretty sure. Uh, one of our American saints that we honor. Okay. And then I'll I'll point out on the 17th for my own daughter, Ashlyn Elizabeth, Elizabeth of Hungary. And I told David the story about how she's still sour at me because on All Saints Day parade when she was little, I dressed her up as St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, all in black with the black bonnet, whereas our other daughter, Amanda, was an Indian, uh, kind of buckskin looking. She was St. Kateri, Tekawitha, and she just didn't like it. (laughs) Well, it turns out her her patron saint is, in fact, St. Elizabeth of Hungary, and she was a princess and queen. And so, Ashlyn still sour that she did not get to be a princess for the All Saints Day parade. Uh, and a parade.
2: wonderful example of piety, yeah, just incredible. She fed the hungry. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, and
1: you'll see that picture of her; she's got a basket of bread. Yeah, in her images. Okay, now there are many feast days dedicated to our Blessed Virgin Mary. One of them falls this month on the twenty-first, the Presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Now, I don't know actually much about this. This feast day, but I mean, I would imagine the presentation of, of her as a child into the temple
2: that's correct, from what I understand and uh it's it certainly uh tradition holds that she was what was considered a temple virgin mm-hmm. and uh, there's uh, so a lot of a lot of interesting stories around that and how she wound up with Saint Joseph regarding that as well and if you see Saint Joseph with the lilies yes it's related to that because when they were trying to find the suitable you know spouse for the virgin mary his staff bloomed and they knew that he he, he was the one that's just one of the, the beautiful legends. stories associated oh. with their relationship but yeah
1: I like that. So lilies. in that
2: she had been presented in the in the temple prior to that. So
1: What a beautiful day if you can find lilies to bring those home on that go. day. Maybe some some Christmas lilies of some sort. Uh, if you go to St. Cecilia's in Beaverton, you get a special feast day this month on the 22nd. It is the feast of St. Cecilia's. You're supposed to celebrate when when your church is dedicated saint falls you know in the gear that's supposed to be a celebration day for your parish so you're supposed to have a great meal and a celebration uh saint cecilia and
2: she's the patron saint of music so you know they're going to have a great musical program for that
1: for sure uh and of course the very next day across the united (laughs) states i know what that is what's that day
2: That is Turkey Day. Turkey Day. (laughs) Thanksgiving
1: Day. I'm going to have a house full this year. You're going to be with your family, too.
2: I am. I'll be in Texas. So we'll be celebrating down in the Lone Star State. And my mother's birthday is the day before on the 22nd. So the... Yeah, the Feast of St. Cecilia is my mother's birthday, too. So
1: A week of eating well for you, for oh, sure. Oh,
2: I guarantee you there will be... Uh, uh, I'll, have to, I'll have to watch. I'll have to do good. But it is hard to resist all those things that you grew up eating. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. And then sure. you go home and they just keep putting it out and putting it out in front of you. And y- you got to be polite. You got to eat it, right?
1: That's right. <laughs> and then, of course, as we round out that weekend, perhaps you're doing a little Black Friday shopping. The weekend is upon us. The last Sunday in the liturgical year falls on the 26th of November. Oftentimes we drop into Advent right away, but we've got a whole nother week before the first Sunday of Advent. That starts in December. It is a beautiful feast day. It is the Feast of Christ, King of the Universe. Yes, And that ends our entire celebration of the liturgical calendar year because the following Sunday... Well, it's almost like Catholic New Year because it's the first weekend of Advent. So mark your calendars. There's a lot going on in the month of of November, and we hope you enjoyed today's Second Cup.
4: Support for Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist.
1: What do you get when you cross a Catholic radio show host and a permanent deacon?
0: A match made in heaven. I'm Deacon Scott Aiken from the Archdiocese of Seattle.
1: And I'm Brenda Aiken from The Morning Blend. Work and family life can be hectic.
0: We understand, and together we'll find God's grace.
1: We may not always agree,
0: but we are always faithful.
1: Listen on Friday evenings at 7.30 and Sunday evenings at 6 as we share stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew.
0: Right here on Matre Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. The morning blend, two hours a day for two times the fun on Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary.
2: 8:54 at Mater Day Radio on this first Friday. Fog starting to burn off a little bit, but still be careful out there. Could see some sunshine and then it yields rain after 4 o'clock. Cloudy with a high 61. 60% chance of rain. 100% chance of rain tomorrow and Sunday. So it's going to be a soggy weekend. Right now in the Rose City, it's 49 degrees.
1: And closing out our show today, here's a village lights, Christ our King, and we are Patrick and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, bridge between your faith and everyday life.
2: Today Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Village Lights, and Christ Our King. Seems like a great song for a First Friday. Wow, and it has been a wonderful First Friday, getting ready for First Saturday and uh, sausage and reboard. Oh, <laughs> Can't wait.
1: Oh, sounds great. And of course, I'm hoping this little dry patch again lasts for those wonderful senior pictures of my son <laughs> this afternoon. He is just like, whatever, mom.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Y'all have fun with that. Oh,
1: and, maybe I can bribe him with taking him out to dinner if he's a good boy.
2: And then and then you can embarrass him for the next, you know, Rest. decades and decades of these pictures.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, that's what they're for. And that is going to wrap it up for us on The Morning Blend. We've got an episode of you from the Pew coming up at 7:30 this evening, and we hope you have a very blessed day.